Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. Today, my guest is Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. He's also the host of the Shouts of Grace program here on Key Radio. Steve's a native of Southern California, fan of the Lakers and the Trojans, mm-hmm. and we like him anyway. <laughs> and uh, we're just blessed to have Steve with us today. You mentioned something. You grew up Jewish. Yeah. Did anything in that upbringing inform your faith once you became a Christian? Like, was there anything of your tradition that kind of gave an extra perspective? You know, outs- because we didn't, we, we weren't devout Jews, right? It was probably more Jew in name. It, right. You know, we were kind of Jack Jews. And so it did two things. It gave me an awareness that there was a God because I did believe in there was a God. But it also, I felt cheated because I don't feel like I was ever told that God is relational. It was more transactional. You do this and you get this type of thing. And and so it wasn't until obviously I became a Christian that the basis of that was, wow, God actually loves me. And and God isn't just laid out a list of, of you know rules for me to put on my wall and, and obey, but he actually wants to know me. And so I think growing up as a Jew, it was just, it prepared me that there's a maker, but that it didn't really go beyond anything for me after that. So, you know what? I don't know that I've actually heard the story of when did you become a Christian? So, yeah. So my mom grew up devout Jew and then she was a single parent. And then probably around 10, she knew I was kind of getting older. And so she wanted to get me uh, one of those big brother organizations, you know, so she went to the Jewish big brothers of Los Angeles and found this guy, just a great guy, you know, and he came on the scene. And so when I was 10, I met him at my birthday. And then it just seemed like for the next two years, you know, he, we would meet once a week and he would take me to his house and almost became, he was, was like a father figure to me, but you know, there was just this push to get me bar mitzvah and my mom was all on board and he was all on board. And so I didn't know what it was. I was just like, okay, you know what, whatever. And so, you know, when I was 13, I mean, they, they started sending me to the, to the temple, um, there in Southern California and I learned some Hebrew, I learned a prayer and then I had my ceremony and, but, but it really was, it didn't, it wasn't clicking with me. I remember one time I do have a memory of, of Easter. It was the Passover actually for, for them. And, and I was having to go to temple and I was just running around the car in the park and like screaming, I don't want to go to this place. I don't want to go to this place. And all the, all, all the little nice Jewish boys are walking in going, what's up with psycho over there? I'm sure with anybody's <laughs> kids, there's always a kid who's just like, no matter whether it was the Jewish Passover <laughs> or Easter or whatever, there's always the kid who was like, no dragon. Yeah. There's a lot of people who I, relate with you. I was, I was a terror man. We used to go into the temple and we'd have contests. I, I led one of the contests of taking the phylacteries and swinging them like a, you know, seeing how far we could throw them. And some of the yarmulkes had, they were hard tops. And so you could throw them like Frisbees. And so we, I mean, I just desecrated the place, man. If there was, there was an abomination, a desolation in the 20th century, it was me. I was just kind of, it was bad, man. But are, so are you trying to tell me that maybe <laughs> the Jewish religion was happy to hand you over to Christianity? <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that day, that sign out paper was a glorious day for them. But, but what happened was, is I knew there was a God from that. And then I, you know, I just kind of went off my life. And then when I was 16, um, the, a Baptist girl had invited me. I, you know, I thought she was cute. So she invited us to church and, you know, not I the, went not to the first time that's ever happened. No, it's not. And, you know, and I went to the youth group 
And that was the first time I heard the gospel. A guy was just sharing about sin and me and my friends went and we were just kind of sitting there and, and they kind of checked out and fell asleep. And, and that's when God ministered to me, you know? And so I, the best way I could put it is I, I grew up from an environment that I didn't want to be told what to do, right? And so now I was being told, well, you got to get baptized. You got to get baptized. You got to get, and it just seemed like, it seemed like they were more interested in me being baptized than they were me as a person. I was just like, this is weird, man. I remember a prayer one day and I just went home and I was just like, Lord, if you're real, which I, I believe you are, I don't want a person's version of religion. I just want you. Can I just have a person? Can I have Christ? That's all I want. I just, you know, I don't want a person's interpretation of you. And what I didn't realize is I was asking for just a relationship with God with no brand name to it. Right. Right. And so, you know, it would be about four years, you know, I went back to kind of the world and doing everything that I did in the world. And then finally, one day I was just coming back from an early breakfast with some friends and and I saw this church. I would always pass this church in Southern California. This parking lot was massive. It was just like there were hundreds and hundreds of cars. I'm like, what is going on over there? And so one day I pulled in, sat in the very back, and it was like 3,000 people in a sanctuary. And God ministered to me in the gospel. And that's when I rededicated my life to the Lord. And frankly, my faith took off from there. So so you're saying it's a process sometimes. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's funny because when, when Jesus touched the man's eyes that were blind, he said, what do you see? And he said, well, I, I see men walking around like trees. And then he touched him a second time. And then it was clear. And I think, I think sometimes the Lord touches our eyes enough to let us see shadows and let us see things that are true, but they're not clear. And then he touches us again. And you're like, whoa, okay, I can really see. Whether or not I really truly accepted Jesus when I was 16 or not, I don't know. But I do know this. My eyes were open to some point, to some extent. And I was like, whoa, you know, th- this is true. This is real. But when God really got a hold of my heart, it was at the end of just a lot of debauchery. And at that point, it was very clear. This is the road God wants me to walk on. I can see Christ. I'm glad you shared that because for so many people, they feel like I've tried church. It didn't go well. I fell away and there's no hope for me. And I think that story, what that tells is that, yeah, God met you where you were at 16 or at this other juncture later, four years later, that speaks encouragement to someone who out there said, I had an experience like that. I went, I kind of knew, but I feel like I let everybody down or I feel like I offended God because I, I did that and then I wasn't perfect. Yeah. Scripture says no one comes to the father unless the spirit draws him. Right. And so I don't know if that time in my life was just the part of the spirit drawing me or if that was actually when I was actually saved. I probably say that's more a part of my story, but the more of the emphasis is I do remember when I started walking with Christ. I do remember when my eyes were very clearly open to my own sin and where I was in relation to where God would have me. And that was a day of transformation. And so I don't know how all that works. Like you said, I mean, we can debate it. We all oh, yeah. have our opinions, but but all I can tell you is I, I saw a little bit and then I saw very clearly at some point, you know. But I thought what was cool is that 16, this was alien to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, so and if anything, what they did is they guess at least you had a concept. You had, well, a, my, you had a framework. Right? My, my experience with the name above all names, Jesus Christ, was when I was eight years old coming back from school. And I'd heard some kids talking about Jesus on the playground. And I never even heard that name before. Right. And so I'm in the back seat and I asked my mom, who's driving, hey, mom, who's Jesus Christ? And 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 without warning me, my, my mom was like five two, the Incredible Hulk, old, <laughs> old, you know, Newark school Jew that's just bad. And, and without warning, she turns around and, and that was in the days when they didn't even put you in time out. Time out was like, hold on, time out, boom. And they, <laughs> and they like hit you. And so she backhands me and she says, don't ever say that name again. Mm. And, and I will never forget that for the rest of my life. In fact, you know, that she doesn't realize it, but she probably had more of, a, of, a, of an impact on me coming to Christ than anybody else. 
because I do remember thinking, what is it about that name that just made this woman turn around and sock me, right? That would be the thing that later on when I was 16 that God would harness and, and I would be like, wow, you know, th- this is really true. So I feel like sometime, somewhere between 16 and 21, God completed that whole mess and, and I started walking with him. That's awesome. Th- I mean, thank you for that testimony because I think that that's an encouragement to people who we don't know where you are today. Maybe you are someone who this is foreign to you. This is alien to you. I, you know, you're just driving and you're listening and you're going, oh, I really haven't thought about faith before. Maybe you're someone who says, man, I tried faith, but it just didn't stick. But, you know, I'm still curious. I'm still open to it. But, man, I just feel like I messed it up because I, I fell away. And for some of us, that's a story that resonates with us because it looks like us. It's not always the yeah. perfect story. And what I also am not hearing from you is, you know, it wasn't necessarily like angels singing and trumpets blaring <laughs> and big production. It was, it was kind of just God worked on you. He sought yeah. you, you spoke, you spoke to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the deliverance that I had, Mike, with some of the things that I was going on, that was going on in my life, I guess probably the best way I could put it is in scripture in, in the old Testament, Egypt is a type of the world, right? And so as Christians, Um, When we look back on that story, we can see that God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, right? But even though he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, with the exception of two of them, they never left Egypt. They took Egypt with them on the journey, right? And so because they took Egypt with them on the journey, they were always wanting to go back, right? There was a longing for it, like, oh, we should have died in Egypt. We had meat and everything else. Finally, it culminates in, in numbers with you know, them saying, you know what, let's appoint a leader and let's go back. It's funny or interesting that whole journey, they were supposed to leave something behind that they took with them. And they found out that what they took with them became the biggest hindrance to them actually moving forward to what God had for them to the point where God had to let that whole generation die off because they were unwilling to let go of the world. I feel like that was probably me at 16. I, I feel like I believed God had delivered me, but I didn't leave the world that he delivered me from. And so I wanted to carry it with me through this beginning journey of faith. And I found that it was, it was stumbling me in every way. You know, I wasn't leaving certain habits behind. I wasn't leaving certain substances and relationships and everything else. And what I found was that person has to die. And that's really what happened. So when I got to 21 or 22 years old, I realized, man, if I'm going to move forward with the Lord, I really got to let all that go. And so I think that's probably when Steve died and realized Christ now is living in you. And and I do want to say this too, you know, Christianity is not, you know, if you walk into your closet, you got several pairs of shoes and pants and shirts. Christianity isn't something you try on, right? It's not a pair of shoes that you try on, you wear for a couple of weeks or a year until, you know, they kind of get old. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a new pair. I I don't like these anymore. A lot of people treat Christianity like that, right? So it's cool while it's new. I want to wear it with every outfit. This is awesome. I want to do everything. But then what happens is, life sets in and, and now all of a sudden, well, I want a new wardrobe. I really don't want that. And then we just kind of take Christianity and we throw it aside. And and that's not, that's not faith. Faith is something that's birthed in the heart and God holds you. And so for the person that hasn't left the world and they're just trying to live, you know, with this one foot in the boat and one foot on the dock, what, what I'm saying is at sooner, sooner or later, that's going to be impossible for you. You're going to have to jump one side or the other jump ship and anchor yourself in in the lord or, or have the world but you're not going to be able to have both and I, I i learned that the hard way what advice do you have for people whose spiritual journey has been difficult the first thing i would say is you know I, we kind of mentioned it earlier if you're looking for christianity with a label on it then go find the version that best suits yourself and tell me how that works out for you because it, it's it's not going to work out i mean i don't want a label i don't want a brand name 
to who I am. You're this, you belong to this church, this denomination. I'm a person made in the image of God and I love one person and my loyalty is to one person. It's to Jesus because, because I've seen a lot of bad things in churches. And so I don't, I don't want their label on me. My label is I'm marked with the blood of Christ. And so that's my first loyalty. And so if you're in that place and you're just kind of wondering like, gosh, you know, there's just so many different options and these people believe this and they tell me I can't do this. And that, you know, I, I went through all that. I was like, well, through the, I went through the denomination, the brand name that said, you can't do this. And so I didn't do it for 10 years because that's what a good person did in that particular school of thought. Right. But then I came out of that and, and then I went into a different one and I'm just like, oh man. But finally I just realized, you know what, Lord, I'm going to receive my instructions from you because my relationships with you first and foremost. Right. And so if you're listening, I, I want to let you know that that is possible. You just need to determine that you're going to have a walk with God, read scripture, come to conclusions, put wise people in your life and be discipled in that direction. That's one thing. If you're a person who is kind of in a place where you feel like, man, I've fallen away. I, I think I've tried Christianity. You know what? You might have tried a version that said, put forth some effort. And then you realize that your effort wasn't enough. Your effort didn't sustain you because you found yourself being drawn to an, an, another direction. I'd say this, when you become a Christian, the Bible says that God puts you in his hand and nobody can pluck you out. And so if you're falling away, maybe you didn't try Christianity or maybe you tried Christianity, but you didn't try Christ, right? And, and here's the thing I'd say. Christ isn't someone that you try. He's not a nibble spoon and let's taste a thing. And then, well, I don't like that. So I'm going to throw it. Christ is a person and that person died for you. And so that person wants to walk with you and he doesn't want to walk with you only when things are good. He wants to walk you with you and things are bad. When you do mess up, he wants to show you that he's able to keep walking with you. He's not disgusted with you when you blow it or when you mess up, right? He's fully aware of all of it. And so he's in it for the long haul. The question is, are you, do you want to be in it for the long? He ain't going anywhere, right? That's his promise. It doesn't matter what you did. He ain't going anywhere. And so I would encourage you, if you're in that place, understand that there's distance between you and God. It is not because he's moved, right? It's because you've perhaps moved because you had some false expectations that weren't met. Understand God loves you. He ain't going nowhere. So come back, just come back to him, not a church, come back to him and watch what happens. That's a good word. I think that for this episode, I want to make sure that you understand that you cannot run too far. You cannot do too much. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And if you need him, just reach out to him today. You can contact us through our ministry blog. You can uh, contact Pastor Steve because it'll be the most important decision you ever make. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.